We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, last week, we had a quad box. This week, we're having another quad box. Uh, happy to be joined today by a very special guest, Mr. Ode Abuji, right guard for the Los Angeles Chargers. Ode, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited uh, to, to chat with you guys today, but I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course, man. Happy to have you on here as well, chatting some ball, chatting some things. Uh, we're going to get Ode's thoughts on the final four, along with some uh, doing some breakdowns and some film clips as well. So uh, really excited about this chat. But Ode, first and foremost, how is your uh, recovery going? I know it's been a few months now since you've had surgery. You've been posting clips on Instagram of uh, lifting some weight. So how's that process going for you? It's been going really well. So this week actually makes four months post-op. You know, I feel really good. Haven't had, you know, any setbacks, been full steam ahead, you know, been uh, been able to push it as far as timetable goes. So I feel good. You know, I've been, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out as far as like, you know, the process and, and you know, things to be uh, alert about and kind of what to expect. And, you know, not to, not to say that it hasn't happened, but, you know, I feel like my process has been a lot smoother as far as kind of getting to the next level and progressing and not have any issues, you know, throughout my rehab and stuff like that so it's been a grind to say the least you know i'm at it six yeah. days a week twice to twice a day and uh mm-hmm. trying to get back it's first time ever really having an injury like this in my entire career really ever playing football mm-hmm. so um it's a different kind of grind but you know a grind nonetheless and it's, it's definitely paying off you know as, as much work as being put in so i feel good i feel like I'm, I'm on track and and i and i feel like you know without a doubt i'll be back you know to normal no no time soon so you had the surgery, uh, you said four months ago. Yeah, so uh, October, end of October. Okay, very cool. So, you know, the injury really threw a wrench into everything, but um, kind of what is what is your thought process about how this season, uh, I guess you know, four, through four games went for you? What was your what was your kind of experience from signing with the Chargers up until now? Honestly, it's it's probably been the best experience I've had in the league thus far going into year nine. I mean, 
being on a team with so much talent and and playing with a quarterback like Justin and having the front office vision, you know, trickle down to Staley vision and that trickle down to the players, it it really feels like one here. And that's I feel like it's been like the biggest you know change I've noticed is like you really got a team. I think you got a you got a group of guys here and, and even in the staff and like I said, the front office that really care about this team and and winning and and trying to do everything they can to win and and making sure players are in that position. So. For everybody to be on the same page, you know, having been on a few teams now, it, it's rare. But to be on a team where everyone sees the same vision and being as selfless as the guys that we do have on the team for the kind of caliber players we do have, it's pretty rare. So, um, you know, it's it's been, like I said, it's probably been the best place I've, I've played and, and an organization that I would love to continue to play with. It's in, and I agree. And I feel like, you know, sky's the limit. You know, a lot of young players here, a lot of young talent and, and you got a bunch of hard workers. So when you, you know, you combine those two, it, it becomes pretty deadly. No, that's great to hear. Uh, just talking about that young talent. I know you have your job in front of you and you've got to worry about the whole defense in front of you, but week one, week two, at what point are you kind of looking over to your left and seeing this future second team, all pro of Sean Slater? And at what point do you know that that guy just absolutely has it? I mean, honestly, so I, I play, I trained with Rashawn in, in, mm -hmm. in, before leading up to training camp and you know we worked a lot together me him you know teron armstead and some other guys and i've seen him get better every day and i've seen him I, and just through his sets and through him picking up stuff and him understanding concepts i knew he was going to be good i mean that wasn't a doubt you know but him latching on and and being as dominant as he was um will i yeah. say i'm surprised no but you know it, it is always special to see especially from a young player and you know, to be able to lock down a left tackle like he does and, and do it well is, is really impressive. But, you know, it just goes to show his hard work. I mean, the kid's a hard worker. He puts in the hours. He puts in the time. He asks the questions. And, and it's not like you give him an answer and it's just one ear out the other. You know, it sticks with him and he applies it to his game. I think that's something that really helps him, um, you know, continue to grow and continue to be better. You know, he's always looking for ways to be better and, uh, and, and asking how to, you know, how to improve. So, you know, when you have that, that combination of, of – thought and, and process and then you put together his skill set i mean you get what you get in, you know in year one so yeah here you got a chance to sort of start on that offensive line from the beginning with the chargers um does that kind of make a difference compared to your other stops in the league where maybe you were you know a backup coming in or you didn't start from the beginning of the year was that sort of what um enticed you about the chargers and how did you enjoy that through the first four weeks of the season yeah, I mean, it was my opportunity to come here and start. I mean, I feel like I, I was a starter midway through my career. I felt like I was a starter in year four or five of my career. You know, I just have, wasn't happen to, to be anyone's baby or to be honest with you, it's just a lot of side of it just doesn't always go your way. So, you know, being patient and being that position and putting out great film, you know, I feel like I put out solid film for the last two, three years leading up to the Chargers. So for me, to come to the starting role, I appreciated the Chargers acknowledging that and seeing that I've been playing well and that I could be a starter and, and seeing that vision. So, you know, when I came here, I, you know, I had an open conversation with them. I told them, you know, I, I know what I could do. I know I could play and I know what I could bring to the table. So, you know, I want the opportunity to come in and start and, and earn my position and my keep. And, you know, they were on the same page and it just felt like a good fit and to come in and I felt like I was able to do what I had to do. And, it, you know, obviously my injury was unfortunate, but, you know, till then, you know, I stand by my tape and I feel like, you know, I'm saying I, I know the kind of player I am. Yeah. You know, I, 
kind of speaking for Tyler here, I uh, will never forget, you know, that we got the notification that you were about to sign and Tyler immediately hopped on to game pass and was like, and popped on some lions film. And he starts messaging us. He's like, Holy shit guys. Like we might've gotten to steal here. Like he was so excited about that film. And then, you know, watching the first four games, I couldn't agree more with your kind of assessment, right? I think you were playing some of the best ball of your career. Again, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I watched, you know, your first couple of years in the league, but I thought up until you got hurt, you guys were really gelling real at a very high level and you particularly were playing very well too. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way, you know, playing on an offensive like this, like next to Corey and you got Brian, you got Matt, you know, it, we it always comes having that experience on the offensive line and being have played games and, Having that experience and having that common ground amongst everybody is 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 kind of what helped us gel so fast. I mean, we really didn't have OTAs with COVID being kind of an issue up and down and guys being yeah. in and out. So having that common ability of having so much experience across the board and then, you know, everybody being there, you know, bringing their own attributes to the line, you know, just was was really the one of the reasons why we just gelled so well. You know, and then Frank Smith, obviously our offensive line coach, you know, he lets us be ourselves. He lets us roll. Everyone's different. I mean, I bring something different to the table. Corey brings something different to the table. So does Matt. You know, so does Rashawn. And, and so does Storm and, and every guy who's out there with us. And I think, you know, it helps that, you know, Frank lets us be that. And I think it shows on the field when we do gel together. And when things are going well, the things are going well. But when things aren't going well, our ability to correct and adapt and kind of move forward is, you know, comes with the experience that we have as a group. So, you know, just playing along those guys is, is always makes it funner. And I think it helps, you know, my job a lot. And I think it helps everyone stand out when you play, you know, a bunch with a bunch of guys who really respect the game. Yeah. You know, you mentioned, uh, of course, Frank Smith, the offensive line coach. And I, I think there was a really interesting dynamic from our perspective, because every time that coach Staley talked about Frank Smith, he also talked about Sean Surratt and somebody who used to be, you know, his own offensive line coach in Pittsburgh and, and brought a lot to the table, was that relationship between Frank and Sean kind of unique in your experience? And really, how did the two of them, you know, help you guys kind of take that uh, next step into gelling and, and having a successful offensive line? I mean, I think Sean, Sean honestly was just as important as Frank. You know, Sean, as far as getting us, whether it's on the field work or getting us off the field write-ups and things like that. I mean, he was a crucial part as far as just keeping the room flowing you know obviously you know frank can't do everything and, and sean's there to help him i thought like even when you know frank if frank had to miss time there was never a beat where you know sean where we felt like sean was missing a beat so to have that experience you know sean being in, in pittsburgh for a while and having that experience of winning and then you know frank being as passionate as he is and as energetic he is i felt like both of them were like the perfect combination you know you had the coach you had the teacher but ultimately you had, you know, a, a man that you could trust in the room, you know, someone that you could talk to. And, you know, when you have that common ground between two coaches and the room in general, um, you know, everybody, you know, just flows. So them too, I think, you know, having Frank's first year as a coach, but coming in and being with such a veteran group, I think kind of helped him along. And I think, you know, same thing with Sean, Sean coming in and used to being around a veteran group. So he already knew how to talk and, and interact with us. And that's something we respected because at the end of the day, like, we're not kids. And sometimes, you know, when you deal with coaches, right. you deal with coaches who are too hands-on and too this and too that. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going into year 10, Corey's going into year nine, Matt's going into year nine. So you got guys who played a lot of ball and who are a bunch of grown men. So at the end of the day, it's treat them like a professional. And you would think is a very common thing, but 
it isn't. And I think, you know, Frank and Sean do a great job of, of kind of keeping that happy medium between being a coach and, and, and helping us get better and, and also being a professional too. Yeah, no, it clearly worked. And I don't think we've seen an offensive line perform this well for the Chargers in quite some time. So we really appreciate all the Not in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a while, for sure. Um, Oday actually had a question that stems from when we had braided on last week because he broke down some plays with us. And one of the things he pointed out, breaking down the first play of the Steelers game, is that he knew the alignment across from him was going to be a bit jittery and maybe susceptible to lunging or overextending because it's the first play and it's prime time and all that. And he might have also noticed that on film. So I was just curious, and this might also lead into, um, and you can talk about this during the film study as well, you know, on the opposite side of the ball, are there any tendencies or, or habits that you pick up like that, that you could share? And, you know, how much of what you study consists of knowing the habits of each individual opponent? Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. I think when you know you, the kind of guy you're going to play against, if, if he's a guy that takes a couple of plays to get warmed up, then maybe mm-hmm. he's a guy you could get on earlier. But if he's a guy that likes to come out humming and, and likes to try to set the tone, then you know, maybe you catch, you know, that's the kind of player is. But, you know, for me, every game that I go through, you know, before I even watch an opponent that week, you know, I always like to, my practice reps and my preparation, I truly feel like a lot of times if you do get beat in a game, it's nine out of 10 times because of you. It was either a bad set, bad hand mm-hmm. placement, you overset, you know, maybe you weren't as focused in, in a recovery or whatever it is. So I always like to go back to myself and, and kind of break mm-hmm. down myself first. So throughout, you know, the week of practice, I like to be, as far as, you know, making sure I have all my shit in order before I start worrying about someone else. And when I have that in order, then I'm able to break down an opponent. And, and, you know, whether he likes to, if his right foot is back, maybe he has a tendency to always, you know, want to slant inside. Or maybe if his outside foot is back, maybe he likes to go to a stutter jab move from there. So, I mean, it's it's a track record. You got to, you know, when I watch film on guys, I like to watch a couple of games. I like to watch them. I don't watch all the games because I, I, I don't think there's a lot of quality in, in a lot of players. But... As far as Lyman goes, if if I if there's a game where he's playing against a, a Lyman that I like or someone you know of, of you know who's had great success in the league, it's a game I'd like to watch and stuff like that because I mm. get to learn from from that guy playing guard and I get to mm. learn how that guy's going to react to certain moves. So it's kind of a combination of things as, as breaking down film and, and stuff like that. But I really believe it starts with yourself when you got mm. your stuff in order and you, and you got everything prepared, man. You go into battle confident and tell. So. And that's, yeah. I feel like, is like 99% of the battle. Love it. Yeah, I wanted to get um, sort of an offensive lineman's perspective on how the offensive line changes, you know, when guys are coming mm-hmm. in and out. Because obviously on this team, we had Brian Balaga go down uh, week one, unfortunately, didn't return. Um, you, after the Raiders game, and then you sort of had Storm Schofield um, and, you know, other guys come in in between uh, with the main three on the other side of the line and Lindsley Filer and uh, Slater. Do you feel like um, it's harder or easier to kind of do those moves during the season? Uh, Or, you know, also if you sort of had that main five that you started the season with, do you think you guys kind of would have been in like a better position long-term? Honestly, I think Storm and and Scope stepping in, I think they did a great job. I think Storm battled his ass off all year. I mean, under circumstances it was, I think, uh, you know, we got into a lot of situations where, it just happened to be a shootout and we're going to be passing and that's tough to do down after down. So kudos yeah. to those two guys who continue to battle throughout the year. I, I think um, same thing with Sko. I think having that experience, like I said, of Sko being, you know, going into your nine now and being have played a lot of ball and, and having and having that common ground. So I don't think it was too hard for us. I don't think it it, it uh, 
it was it was a big transition for us because of the experience we had and and having that like I said the rest of the guys along the line we were able to pull those guys along and and bring them along so I think as a whole as a group it's what's expected of us I mean as a lineman you're you're pretty much taught that day one of the NFL is like listen anything go 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 down you could be playing tackle you could be playing next quarter you could play center you could, you could finish a game at guard so it's like you always have that mentality in your in your head as a lineman that it's like you just you you're set but listen if like worst comes to worst if something happened like you know, somebody would have to kick out the right tackle. And maybe because Filer's played right tackle, he's going to kick out mm-hmm. the right tackle, but he could start the game at guard. So it's like so many situations that we're constantly, we're always taught in our head that uh, that it's kind of embedded in our head. So when it does happen, it's not like shocking to anybody. You know, it's like, okay, it's kind of next yeah. man up mentality. Yeah. Were you a Absolutely. backup or emergency anything along the offensive line? Yeah. I, my first, my first year, I was my first, my, I would say probably my first four years, I was a swing guy. So I was playing guard and tackle. I would be the mm-hmm. sixth man in or, or the seventh man. So I was a little bit of both played some jumbo tight end here and there. So I was kind of like, you know, those, so I've been in that position where you have to be ready, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I've been dressed for games and haven't played and it's like, but listen, at the staff of a dime, I get called in at the middle of the fourth quarter and then mm-hmm. like, okay, I mean, you know, so it's a matter of just being ready. And I think having that process of just always being prepared for the, for anything, it will always make you, uh, will always just, you know, have that in the back of your head to stay ready. Anyone ever ask you to play center? Cause I know that Senio had to be, uh, no, Corey's that's backup for your game. That's, nope. That will not do that for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will play tackle for you. I'll play guard, but I will not play center for you. I uh, I gotta ask you before we get this uh, last thing. Did you see uh, when the Niners put Trent Williams at H back last week? Trent's kind, world, of, Trent's kind of an alien, world, huh? I think the world felt Trent in most. <laughs> I mean, that was that was incredible, man. I think Trent's probably one of the best players I've ever seen play the game. And I've had actually had opportunity to train with Trent when I played with Houston. Um, he had a gym there, him and Adrian Peterson. I remember training training with Trent and just not even trying to keep up, but like just seeing, you know, the stuff he was able to do, man, at, at that, his stature is pretty special, man. And it's a lot of fun to watch him play. You know, I think he's brought a lot of positive recognition to the offensive line as, as far as what he really means to the game and, and what he brings to the game and what it feels to have a solid left tackle, you know, like him. Yeah, he certainly has made it uh, a much cooler position, right? And when he's doing things like that, that's only going to, you know, add some to that, but I, I credit Duke a lot with that too, because Duke, Brandon Thorne and all these guys, like it, it's giving us casual fans, like an opportunity to really sit here and learn about the offensive line and, and you know, be able to really at least semi understand like what you guys are going through. So I think Trent making it cooler, it helps, but I think, you know, people like Duke popping up and Brandon Thorne have certainly helped kind of take that position group further along as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Man. I, work, I work with Duke. I work with Brandon. I think, you know, Brandon's passion for the game is why he's where he is now, why he's blown up as a top offensive line editor breakdown, because like he truly cares about it. You know, he doesn't go about it just to, you know, like he's passionate about the game and he loves watching trench warfare. And, you know, the more he breaks it down mm-hmm. and spotlights it to people the way he does, I think, you know, continues to attract interest. And then Duke, you know, always being as passionate he is. I've been with Duke now for about four years. And, you know, to see him where he's kind of started and doing his own thing to being pretty much the face of the, the O-line groups and, and things of that sort in the NFL. I mean, like, you know, that doesn't just come because guys want it. You know, those guys are really passionate and Duke's really passionate about the offensive line and them too, just 
kind of like when you meet the perfect creator and the perfect editor and someone who's <laughs> great at, you know, videos and someone who yeah. can make really good, put the videos together. And it's like, you get a, you get a hell of a combination. So, I, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So let's, uh, let's hop in here. I'd love to kind of get some of your thoughts on uh, some of these plays right here. So the first one that I have, uh, I don't know if you can remember all the way back, obviously, you know, six months ago to the first week of the season. But um, this was one of the plays that um, this is going to be a Texas route to Keenan Allen here. And uh, I'll run it through really quickly. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on what you're looking for as an offensive lineman as this play is is going down. Let me see. Can we see from that back? Do you have the back view of it? Yeah. 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 So pretty much we got, we got three, we got three bigs to the right, you know what I'm saying? So on the left, it's really, it's a five down call. It's five on five. They're trying to get five individual matches for us, but you know, with Washington as good of a front they were, you know, this is, I could see, see this guy at the three technique, he's leaning hard. So I know he's trying to set a game. He's trying to pick a center for him to normally, he's a normally a two hand guy and he's more, I would say, straight up on me as a, as a more uh, stuff to play. Like he's not like as a standard as alignment he here. Yeah, he's tilted here. Everyone's tilted, and this linebacker, right over on the defensive end, potentially could could come down. If he comes down, everyone's got to spike. So everyone's gap protected. So everyone's got to go left if he does. But he ends up bailing, so everyone stays in their gap. But if you can see here, they try running a game here. They try picking Corey. I try to snap the guy across Corey, and I pick up the looper coming across. I know it's, it's kind of you guys, if you have slow mo there, but yeah, this is just a five down call. We made the guy over Matt a big, and we called it a day. We went to work. Awesome, yeah. I, you know, we mentioned the the struggles last year. This is something that I feel like last year's group would have really struggled with with this kind of stunt. But you know, Tyler asked you earlier about like. Um, you know, picking up on alignment and things like that. Is that, um, I can't tell if that's Jonathan Allen in front of you or. I think that's Nidus, but you could even tell, like, for example, like when we study, look at a guy over at Filer, does it look like he's trying to come forward or it looks like he's trying to go horizontal? If you're trying to rush somebody, you're probably going to be looking at him trying to get off the ball. But this guy, he's not even a rushing stance. He's not, he's too, he's too, it's kind of like he's bluffing, you know, and then mm. the snap of the ball, he kind of, takes two steps and goes, you know, tries to loop around. So when you see that, you could kind of tell, okay, this guy's lighting his feet. There's no way he's going to try to come downhill on a 330-pound dude when he's lighting his feet like that. So, you know, tendencies, you kind of can see guys' bodies position, I think, having a feel for what, what they're trying to do. You know, and I know this game, you know, they didn't really beat, beat us one-on-one across the board, so I knew they are going to have to try to get to gains and stunts and stuff like that to try to beat us. Tyler, Alex, any thoughts here before we move to the next one? No? All right. So the next one that I have here uh, is from the Kansas City game, the week three game, or week four game, excuse me. Um, this is a run play. I think this is a run play that you guys do quite a bit, and or at least did quite a bit. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of just run it. But I, I like here because it's like the, the fake leak concept that uh, – you guys have had a lot of success with, you know, Jared and Donald and Steven. Uh, kind of what are you looking at here as we get the back angle uh, preparing for this run play? 
So for us, this is just we. This is just our our pretty much our crack. So we have somebody coming back across the formation to cut the backside defensive end, and that kind of that guy going back kind of freezes the linebackers just enough for us to get play side. So we're just running zone here. So we're all just running front uh, outside zone to the left here. So you got Rashawn based up there. You got Corey and and uh, Matt working to that first backer. And me and uh, me and Storm are working to whoever drops down, which ends up being, I believe, this guy over uh, outside of, um, yeah, is, is that 30, 32 or 35? Yeah, so we're pretty much running outside zone left. We have the tight end coming back just to hold the defense just a little bit to respect it. And that's it. We're all trying to reach and run at this point. Everyone's trying to hit front side combinations and stay in your gap. The biggest thing on outside zone, like, you know, you never want to turn back on outside zone, especially once you're in the play, because there's so much things just flowing to the to the front side that there's a good chance like you'll be late if you try to go backside. And the good chance that guy was not even going to be making the play. So we're just running outside zone to the left here. And we got that tight end coming back pretty much just to hold the defense for a hot second, thinking something's going to you know wrap back there. So uh, something that I, I always noticed with you and, and Corey and Matt in particular, you guys are always kind of looking back and forth at each other and and having a lot of a good line of communication, it looks like to me. So right here with Storm, because you guys are the combo block, essentially, what kind of conversation are you having right here at the line of scrimmage with, uh, you know, your blocking partner, if you will? So I'm just trying. So we're, we're running a B, which is a backside combination between the guard and tackle. So running a B block. But now since the defense is not really set, we're just running a B to the spot. So right before the ball is snapped, the defense is moving. So say our, our, our potentially back, we could have ran this B block to 56. And Corey okay. and Matt are, push, are pushing to 49. But because everyone starts going backside with that tight end, that changes. Now, now see, it holds 56 right there. And 56 is behind Corey. That motion held him there. So really, if that guy ran through, he wouldn't even make the play. That's why they tell you not to turn back on the outside zone. So that motion held him right there. And see, my guy went from 32 to, to 38 to now 32 dropping in the box. So really, I'm just telling Storm at this point, like, hey, we're running a combination to whatever appears to us first. So for me, I'm trying to get when I got nothing laterally like that, as far as linebacker goes, I try to get vertical sooner. You know, I think this guy flashing in front of me held me for a hot second. But normally you would try to get vertical when there's really no secondary, when no secondary, you know, black linebackers or target. It's really either safety dropping down or someone to replace him. Love that. Yeah. I just, yeah, I think this uh, game, you see uh, Chris Jones obviously here uh, sort of getting double teamed initially by uh, Lindsley and then also Filer uh, over there. So uh, I think this was the portion of the season where he was playing interior, but he was also playing a lot of edge. Um, and yeah. then later in the season, they shifted him out um, to back to the interior once they signed Elvin Ingram. When you talk about a, a pass rusher like Chris Jones, is there sort of like a difference um, in, in terms of his physicality when he's playing edge versus interior oh well, i mean i feel like playing edge i feel like a lot of guys like playing edge because there's more space to work with there's less of a chance that you'll probably get double team you know if you play three techniques you know you either have a guard and center or you have a tackle and guard so you know it could be unless you're going 5-0 or five down look it could be a double team so i could see a lot of guys liking trying to play the edge more but you know with chris i think you know i think he's he's really well, he's really good with his hands. You know, it's not 
for him, it's not the big movements. It's it's the real quick, sudden movements that like catch mm-hmm. you off guard. You would think a big guy like him is going to try to always hit you with power and he will. But I think, you know, when you watch the film and you see how he's made a lot of plays, it's always either a quick hand swipe or it's a quick, you know, his hands are, are always tight to his body and his ability to able to kind of counter every move that he's making that you counter. So, you know, for him, I, I think it's the subtleness of his hands, you know, that, that makes him so good. Um, and, and I think personally he, he's, he's better interior than he is on the edge. Yeah, I, I would agree with that one too. I uh, last play here that I have uh, is one of the more fun moments that we've had, especially from an offensive lineman. I'm sure you'll recognize it once we get going here. Um, this wheel route touchdown to Austin Eckler um, that ends up with the, uh, I think it's the dirty dancing pose where you, where you oh lifted him God. up. <laughs> Before we get to the play, uh, did you and Austin talk about that? Did you guys like practice it? Walk me through that celebration process. Not nothing. I mean, I, he scored, <laughs> and I just ran down there to meet him, and he jumped, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna just put. I'm not. I'm not gonna let you hit me. So he jumped, and I kind of try to, you know, I end up raising him, and I was like, man, as I did it, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then they came out, you know, with with the dirty dancing thing, and you know, the Chargers are undefeated on social media, man. They're, they're, they they nailed it with that one. But no, man, I was just hyped for Austin. <laughs> it was a hell of a play by him. So I was just trying to get down there before I was out of breath. <laughs> before you had a breath. I love it, man. I love it. They uh, they definitely are undefeated. I love the way that they ran with that one. Um, yeah. Really love this play design. But as, you know, we go through this here, as you're playing a team like the Raiders, obviously, you know, Max Crosby, uh, actually, I think this is Carl Nassib on this play, but um, – you know, in this kind of situation where you're you have Storm going up against a guy like Crosby, and, and maybe not on this play, but what's kind of the thought process for you as you try and figure out what to do on this play? I mean, it depends. Like for us, if we're getting called, if it looks like here we have a slide to the left, so I'm sliding down on the shade, which puts Storm one on one. Got to put on the big boy pants, which happens all the time, but. You know, for me, if we got a call to the right, you know, and I see Crosby, I know Crosby's a big time spinner. You know, everyone does. Guy likes to spin inside. So for me, early on in games, you know, when they try to do that, I always try to be as physical as possible and meet them. You know, I, 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 I mean, if I could, if I could catch them cleaning the ribs, or I could catch them slipping, then you know, all, all the better because it makes them think twice about trying to spin and and come to the inside. So for me, you know, like when a guy like Crosby and who has high effort, like he's a guy that's going to keep swinging. So you got to keep swinging. And and the more you battle and the more the game goes on, you guys start to settle in. Um, but it's fun. You know, it's, I like playing against guys like that. I like yeah. playing against, you know, guys that bring out that kind of tenacity in you. And um, it's always appreciated. All right. Let's see what happens here. Obviously we're a little bit more familiar with Gus's defense, but this is, uh, you know, he, I felt like he actually blitzed a lot more in this game than, we are used to seeing, did you guys kind of prepare for a more extensive blitz package in this game or, or kind of what was that process like uh, on the well, sidelines as you kind of adjusted to that? I mean, coming into this game, they were, you know, riding high on sacks and pressures and this and that. So it was like, you know, we thought we were, we were expecting to get straight up, you know, whatever defense from them, like, you know, regular defense thinking, you know, they were thinking their guys are going to be, be able to beat us you know, across the board and, and, and make some plays. But, you know, this is, you know, later in the game, 
and at this point, you know, they were they weren't beating any of us across the board, you know. And, and you know, truth of the matter is, like we, you know, just kept Justin clean and upright. And when when you start doing that, then teams start going to blitzes and stunts and 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 all kinds of pick games to try to get pressure. So this, you know, th- when they start, you know, stuff starts to happen like this, it's, it's just you know, you just adapt. You know, you start to you know, make certain guys, certain, you know, positions. And that's it. If you have one guy who's like walking around, but he's a known rusher, then, hey, okay, you know, 52 is a down lineman. It doesn't matter where he's walking around. We're accounted for him. If he's on the left side, then the two left guys got him, you know? So it's like, even for this, like the guys on the left side here, no one over Matt, we're still sliding to that area. Like we know pressure is coming to that area, but we're still yeah. sliding that way. So um, even if it's not like, hey, we don't have anybody specific there, we know pressure's coming, you know, and then everyone's, you know, you can see gaps up here. So I think it's just breaking it down, kind of making, you know, simplifying it to the simplest things, like who's our most dangerous, you know, people here and just going to work. Bang. And then obviously uh, ends in a touchdown. So beauty. Yeah. That, I love that. Obviously getting Austin in, in space, I think is always a good call. Um, you know, I, and again, can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to break that down with us really quickly, I know I, I've kept you longer than we said you than we said I would, but uh, what are your thoughts here as we head to the close of the season in, in terms of the conference championship games that we have this weekend? Uh, honestly, I, I like Joey B. I like Burrow. I think he. I, I, I like his his style of play. I like he's a real tough guy. I like the confidence he plays, and and he would you know obviously I don't want Kansas City to win, but. <laughs> You know, there it's it'll be a good one. You know, I, I like San Fran as a team, and I'm, you know, I'm rooting for Stafford. So I kind of got my tips everywhere but Kansas City. So, uh, you know, it'll be a good one if it's as good as last weekend. I mean, shit, I'll be happy. So, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, it's exciting, but it's always also a dose of reality. Kind of brings you right back down. Like, you know, what I'm saying we got work to do, and it's like you can't really enjoy it you know as I, as as a player you know personally like you watch these games and being in our position as a team and being as good as we were it's like you just you know you constantly just think like you know like damn you know and it's kind of so you enjoy it but it's kind of in your back of your head is you know like this is what it feels like and i don't want to feel like this again so it kind of kind of puts that sting in you so you know you don't have to answer the question but it sounds like i'm hearing uh we don't want to be in this position again. We want to go on this run. We want to do this. Is Odey Abuji back with the Chargers in 2022? Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, I, I do, I do like you here. I love my teammates here and, you know, I've had good conversation, you know, with my coaches and, and everyone in the building. So it's been good, positive vibes, you know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. It's been good communication and, you know, things will fall where they meant to fall. And, and you know, I've expressed how, how I like to be here and, and, and it's, it's a nice fit. And, you know, the, the rest is, is up to them. So we'll see. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, a lot of tangibles could happen during free agency. So tell Schefter we can, uh, we can report good positive vibes now. All right. Yeah, good <laughs> positive vibes for sure. Well, I think it's safe to say that the three of us and, and uh, all the Chargers fans that watch this show are hoping you are back. And, um, again, can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. We hope that your recovery continues to be a smooth process. So, you know, we look forward to uh, watching some of it unfold on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we wish you nothing but the best going forward. I really appreciate it, Phil. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.